Welcome to New Season Ministry with Evangelist Jeremy Cook. We hope today's message will challenge, encourage, and uplift you in your walk with the Lord. Enjoy the message. Stuff here set up. So tonight we are going to begin our series on prayer. And tonight what I want to talk to you, uh, what I want to talk to you tonight about is I want to talk to you tonight about the power of persistent praying. Or the power of persistent praying. How many knows that it's God's will that we should be men and women of prayer? As a matter of fact, the Bible is full of prayer. Things happen when we pray. Things begin to change as we pray. As a matter of fact, Jesus himself was a prayer. As a matter of fact, he, he prayed so much and so often that his disciples would come to him and would say, Lord, teach us to pray. Because when they would hear him pray, they would hear, I mean, they, things would begin to happen. How would you like your prayers to change things? Yes. I, I, I'm, I'm with you on that. I would love for my prayer to change things. And I was beginning to think today as I was, as I was getting things together this morning, as I was praying and as I was seeking the Lord, and my attention was drawn to Luke chapter 18, Luke chapter 18, and the first few verses. And I want us to look at this, and I want us to understand what God is getting, what Jesus is saying to his disciples. In Luke chapter 18, I'm going to start at verse 1. We're going to go through down through verse 8 this, uh, this evening. We're going to talk a little bit about persistent praying. Luke 18 and verse 1, he says, Then he spoke a parable to them that men always ought to pray and not lose heart, saying, There was a certain city, a judge, who did not fear God nor regard man. Now there was a widow in that city that she came to him saying, Get justice for me and my from my adversary. And he would not for a while, but afterward he said to himself, Though I do not fear nor regard man, no, though I do not fear God nor regard man, yet because this widow troubles me. Now this is pretty interesting because he actually uses a term that we actually use in the boxing world. And that is meaning to stun. Have you ever watched a box you ever watched a boxing match and 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 a lot of the times you'll see that boxer as he's going against that opponent is he's just kind of he's just kind of taking a little shot, little jabs and what have you. And so here he's saying, I, I, I'm being constantly jabbed by this woman. And because I do not fear God, nor do I regard man, yet because this woman troubles me, I will avenge her, 
Lest her continual coming, she weary me. Then the Lord said, Hear what the unjust judge said. And shall God not avenge his own elect who cry out day and night to him? I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he really find faith on the earth? Persistent prayer. See, Jesus is trying to tell his disciples the importance of praying. How important it is for his disciples to pray. Because the truth is, is that prayer is a vital part of our relationship to God. I'll go a step further and say that if we are not people of prayer, we really don't have a relationship with God. Because all throughout Scripture, all throughout Scripture, we find people who pray. And prayer, again, it's a vital part of our relationship with God. How would you want to be in a relationship with someone that you never talk to? I mean, how would my relationship with my wife be if I never communicated with her? If I never talked to her, if I never, if I never said anything to her, but, but, but I still want the relationship. I still want the benefits of the relationship. I still want, you know, I still want a good connection. It's the same thing with our relationship with God. And here's the interesting thing. God actually wants to have fellowship with us. Why did God create us? God created us in order to have fellowship. As a matter of fact, if you read in Genesis chapter 1, Genesis chapter 2, and Genesis chapter 3, it is actually God himself that takes the initiative to seek out man. Genesis chapter 1, Genesis chapter 2, Genesis chapter 3. It is God himself that takes the initiative to seek out man. Now why would he want to seek out man? Simply because he desires again to have fellowship with us. But Brother Rob, here's the issue that I have found. Most Christians don't pray. Most Christians actually don't pray. I'll take it a step further and say this. Most Christians actually don't pray effectively. Now that's kind of rough. That's kind of, that's kind of, that, that's, that, that's kind of deep what I just said there. But most Christians don't pray. And most Christians that do pray don't know how to pray effectively. Because we've made prayer all about us. We've made prayer all about our needs, our wants, what we like to have, what we need to get, the money that we need in the bank account, the car that we need to drive, the house that we need to own, the promotion that we need to get, all of these different types of things. But we haven't figured out how to pray effectively. As a matter of fact, 40% of Christians honestly say 
that they pray at least one time a day. Only 40% of Christians. So think about that for a minute. If you, so if you've got a church with 100 people in it, only 40 of them say that they pray every day. What about the other 60? What about the other 60% that say that they're born again believers, spirit filled, sanctified? What's the issue with not praying? Jesus would say it like this. He said that my house shall be called of all nations a house of prayer. I mean, think about that for a moment. When Jesus walked into the temple, I mean, Jesus got mad. You didn't think Jesus got mad, but he did. And what I found out more often than not, Jesus normally got mad at the church folk. Oh, y'all can say amen. Y'all can say amen. I preach a, I, I teach a lot better if y'all talk back to me. <laughs> I, it's Jesus a lot. See, Jesus didn't get mad at the drunk. Jesus didn't get mad at the woman caught in the act of adultery. More often than not, Jesus got mad at all the church folk, all the religious folk. And so here's Jesus. Jesus walks into the temple. Jesus see, is seeing them doing everything in the temple. I mean, they're, they're buying, selling, making merchandise. And Jesus gets mad. He overturns the tables. He, he, he gets a, he gets a, he, uh, he makes a, a, a whip. And he begins, I mean, he begins to whip up on the people in the temple. And he says, my house now pay very close attention. He said, my house shall be called of all nations a house of prayer. He could have identified his house any way that he wanted to. He could have said, my house shall be called a house of worship. But he didn't do that. He could have said, my house shall be called a house of preaching. But he didn't do that. He could have said, my house shall be called a house of singing. But he didn't call that. He said, the number one characteristic of our lives as the people of God should be that we are men and women that pray. Before anything else, before we preach, before we sing, before we give, before anything else, we should be people that pray. Paul would say it like this. Paul would say, that we should be people that pray without ceasing. Yes. We should be people that pray without ceasing. What does that mean? That means that our attitude about everything should be in prayer. Should we should have a spirit of prayer. Remember Philippians chapter 4. In Philippians chapter 4, he's going to say rejoice. Paul's going to write to the Philippian believers and he's going to say rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men that the Lord is at hand. And he's going to say now be careful or do not worry about anything, but in everything, pray. Pray. Why is it then we make prayer the last option of everything? See, most of us, now listen, I, I, I said this Sunday morning, I said this Sunday morning, 
is that y'all have heard all my, all, my, all my motivational messages, so to speak. And so now you're going now now being the pastor now we got to hear now we got to hear sometimes the 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 you know, the tough things. Why is it the only time we pray is when we're in trouble? Why is it the only time that we pray and we say, "Oh God, oh God, help me" when we don't have enough money to pay the electric bill? Or when we've or when we've gotten to the doctor, we've taken all the medication, we've taken all the prescriptions, we've done everything that we know to do, and then when everything else fails, then we'll say, "Well, let me try this prayer thing." Come on, you, you know we've all been we've all been guilty of that because we treat we treat prayer as we treat prayer as a last resort. So why do we have such a hard time? Pray. See, here's the thing. The enemy does not keep you from coming to church. The enemy actually doesn't care if you come to church or not. The enemy does not care if you sing. The enemy does not care whether or not if you give. The enemy doesn't care about any of that. But, the in but why is it that the enemy tries to keep us from praying? Why is it that it's prayer the hardest thing for us as Christians to do? I mean, think about it. You, you know as well as I do. You get ready to pray. I mean, you, you've set up in your mind, you know what? I'm going I'm to get up this morning and I'm going to get up a little bit extra early. I'm going to spend time in prayer and talking to the Lord. And then all of a sudden, all the other kids want to get up at the same time that you do. They've never gotten up at 6 o'clock in the morning until you decided to get up at 6 o'clock in the morning and start praying. Right? The phone never rang. The cell phone never rang until you got ready to pray. Right? And you, you never got tired and started getting ready to fall asleep until you started praying. Right? Come on. Come on, come on. I mean, you, listen, we, we can watch a two-hour Disney movie and, and, and stay awake through the whole thing. We get ready to pray, and all of a sudden, yeah, we, we just get tired. And so, and, and the enemy tries to prevent us from praying. Why does the enemy try to pre prevent us from, from, from praying? Here's the reason why. It's because the enemy knows things happen when God's people pray. The enemy knows that if you become an effective intercessor, if you become somebody that e effectively prays and tears down strongholds and, 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 and begins to pray in such a way that your family changes, that your community changes, that the, that the church actually changes, then I take the enemy does not want that to happen because the enemy knows that if the enemy can keep you from praying, he can keep you from winning. I'm going to say that again. If the enemy knows that he can keep you from praying, he can keep you from winning. My brothers and sisters, listen. I don't think I have to tell you any different or anything that you don't already know right now. We are living in the last days. Yes, 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 yes. Absolutely. I mean, things 
are jacked up and messed up. Listen, I, I, I've, I've never in my life have seen the onslaught in our nation, especially in America, like we're seeing right now. I mean, the enemy is doing everything that he can do to tear down homes, to tear down churches. Because here's the thing, if he can tear down the home, if he can tear down the church, he can tear down the nation. So let me just stop right here. Let me just say, our hope, our hope does not rest on who's in the White House. Come on, y'all. It does not, listen, our hope does not rest on whether or not if it's Donald Trump, if it's Joe Biden, if it's a donkey, if it's an elephant, if it's someone that doesn't know what they are or anything like that, it does not matter. See, see, our hope has never been in any of that. Our hope, see, the, the nation's only hope is through a church that prays. It's through a church that prays. And we are, we're living in the last days. See, I believe that the enemy knows that his time is short. I believe that. Now, I don't believe that the enemy is all-knowing. I, I don't believe that the enemy is all-powerful. But I believe he knows that this, thing's getting ready to, that this thing is getting ready to wrap up. And so we're living in the last days. And let me tell you, the battles that we're facing right now are not going to be won just because we came together and sang kumbaya and we, and, and, and we sing songs and do all and we're faithful to church. Those are all good. Those are all great and what have you. But the way that we'll win this is by men and women that get down on our knees and pray. We, we've got to be men and women that pray and that pray effectively. You see, I don't know about you, but I don't want us to be a church that our prayers are not heard. I do not want us to be a church whose prayers are not heard. You see, and Jesus is going to tell his disciples here in Luke chapter 18, he gives us an example of persistent praying because he's going to say, listen, there was a, a, there was a woman who had an adversary that was against her and she needed help. The truth is we've got an adversary. We've got somebody that is coming against us. We've got someone that is fighting against us. Someone that is, and we need someone to act on our behalf. You see, I have found out more often than not that many of the problems in my life that the enemy is trying to attack me on, I can't do anything about it. If I could fix it, I would. But I can't. But I know someone who can. Uh, I'm trying to teach you something here, but I, I, feel, I, I, I feel my help coming on here for a moment. You see, this widow needed the judge to move on her behalf. And she had an adversary that was coming against her. Here's the thing. We're going to have an adversary that is coming against her. Or that is, that is going to come against us. 
And the Bible says that day after day after day after day, this woman comes before the judge and says, Hey, you need to do something about this situation. You need to help me in this. I can't do it. It's tormenting me. It's tormenting my family. I can't do anything. Only judge, only you can help. Oh, I wish that we could get to the place in the modern American church that realizes I can't do this without him. I can't win this. I can't win this battle without him. I know that you're going to hear me say a lot of this as we as we move on through the weeks and the months and the years and what have you. But here's here's the absolute truth of this. I'm I'm weary. I'm weary of the modern day gospel that tries to teach us that you know what you know we we just need the right attitude. We just need the right perspective. We just need to do all this type of stuff because you know you just need a you just need a can-do attitude and a positive attitude. No, I've realized that the that the battles that I'm facing. That the enemy that is trying to come against me, I can't fight it on my own. But I've got a judge that I can run to. I got a judge that I can that I can rely on, and he's more honorable and just than this unjust judge that Jesus talked about in Luke chapter 18. I've got somebody that'll fight my battles for me. Oh. See. See, it, it, so it says that day after day, she goes to this judge. And this let me know something that, that God's delays are not, all, are not always denials. I know that sounds simplistic, but it's true. God's delays are not always Denials. And we cannot become discouraged in the in-between stage of all of this. What do you mean, Pastor Jeremy? What I'm talking about is you cannot get discouraged between the moment that you ask and the moment you receive. And see, what happens is, is too often we get discouraged in the in-between moments. See, this, this widow woman went day after day after day after day asking this judge to do it because she believed that he would. She didn't know when it was going to happen. She didn't know how it was going to happen. She didn't know any of that. But she understood, Sister D, she understood he was going to fix this for her. We've got to understand this. We've got to understand. Because see, in verse 8, he's going to say, when I show up, am I going to find faith? Look at verse 8. He says, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? So what, did he, what is he saying? He's saying, when I show up, am I going to find you faithful? Am I going to find you trusting me? Am I going to find am I going to find you? Am I going to find you still believing that I am the God of the impossible? 
Because I'm fearful if God was to come back for some of us, he'd find us in a state of panic. He'd find us, he'd find us in the state of panic. But Jesus is looking for someone that will trust him even when the outcome hasn't happened yet. You're praying, you're praying for your lost loved ones and it hasn't happened yet. He's still wanting to know, hey, do you trust me? Do you believe that I'm going to do this? You're still, you're still waiting on that healing. And it hasn't happened in its fullness or its completion yet. God is still wanting to know are you going to trust me? Can I, find, can I find you faithful in this? Because all throughout Scripture we find people that have to be faithful in the in-between stages. David's anointed king over Israel as a teenage boy. And he doesn't go straight to the throne. He's got a promise hanging over him but he still has to be faithful in the in-between and route to it. Let me drop this in your spirit tonight. You still got to be faithful on your way to the promise. Looking for a healing, you still got to be faithful on, on the way to getting the healing. You're looking for that wayward child to come home, you still got to be faithful on your way to that to that promise. Abraham. I mean God shows up to Abraham and says, "Hey, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to make your name great through your seed. The nations of the world are going to be blessed." And decades goes by. Now listen. We don't know how to deal with that. The modern American church does not know how to deal with delay. Because we've been, we've, been, we've been taught by all the prosperity preachers. We've been taught by all, by all, the, all the, I'm just going to say it like I feel it, all the hirelings of the gospel that have come in and said, you know what, if you just have enough faith, you ain't ever going to get a cold. All right, come on. Uh, the car is always going to run right. The refrigerator is always going to refrigerate the way that it's supposed to. The dryer is going to dry the way it's supposed to. And if you've got anything, I mean, you just... But sometimes, God is just looking for our persistence. And this woman went day after day, week, I don't, know how, I don't know how long that she went, but she went day after day and said, Judge, I know, you, I know it hasn't happened yet, but I'm still here. Can I tell you what scares the enemy? Is the fact that you're still here. Yes. Is that you're still here. And see, our persistent prayer, our persistent coming to God demonstrates our faith and our trust in God's goodness 
and in God's power. It tells us, it tells God, it says, listen, in every stage of this, I'm trusting you. And that is, that's, that's the heartbeat of persistent prayer. Because see, God is not like the corrupt judge. He's a loving father. Newsflash, God wants to bless you. God desires to answer every prayer that you pray. The Bible will say it like this. Every good and every perfect gift cometh down from God. From the Father of lights with whom there is no variableness, neither is there shadow of turning. And it is He is the one that answers our prayers. And He desires to bless you. See, sometimes we read this passage of Scripture and we think that somehow or another we've got to convince God to do something on our behalf. We, 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 we read this and we say, you know, well, she, she just pestered the judge long enough until finally the judge just got so weary and the judge had to do something. Now listen, if we treat God that way, we're misunderstanding the nature of God. Because, listen, because this is what Jesus said. Jesus said that if, if that judge who did not fear God and did not regard man did that, what do you think I'm willing to do for you because I love you? Yes, amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. All he, is wanting, all he is wanting to know is, do you trust me? Brother Rob, I have found out at 22 years of ministry, God will figure out a thousand different ways to ask me that simple question. Do you trust me? Do you trust me? So let me ask you this. He says that in chapter 18 and verse 1, he's going to say that he taught them a parable that men should always pray, but not to lose heart. Do we give up too soon in our prayers? Or we give up too soon in our prayers? One of my great friends in ministry, pastors, pastors at an amazing church down in Central Florida. He's one, one of, of seven kids and four brothers, three, three sisters. His dad was his dad was a pastor and. And all the daughters either married preachers and all the sons become preachers. But there was a time that wasn't always the case. There were times when some of them were kind of crazy. And he said, he said, my mom and dad, he said, I found this out years later that they were getting ready to go to bed one night. And they were lying in bed getting ready to say goodnight. He said, my, he said, my dad looked at my mom and said, and said, six out of the seven are saved and serving the Lord. Six out of seven ain't bad. 
He said, my mom shot up out of bed and pointed her finger at my dad and said, don't you ever say that. We didn't pray for six out of seven. We prayed for all seven of them to get saved. And I think sometimes the issue is we just give up too soon. My mom, great Christian lady, she was, is this okay tonight? She was, she got saved and she was, she was seeking the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Was needing the baptism of the Holy Ghost and, but the, and was praying. I mean, every surface, she was down on the altar. And this was, this was back in the days, you remember where I, I call them, I call it the, Pentecostal mafia, you know they. You, know, you, you got down on the altar. I mean, they all just ganged up on you. you know? I mean, they're pulling you in all sorts of different directions, and and you know, one of them's telling you to hang on. One of them's telling you to turn loose. One saying God's healing. The other one's saying God empty. You know what I'm talking about? You know, you know all them them church mamas. I like this. Is usually the the ones that was doing it would jump out of them pews and. And you go, we got another one, you know. <laughs> and every search, my mom was down. My mom was down in the altar. And there were times it would get discouraging for her. She'd be praying for the baptism of the Holy Ghost. She'd want the Spirit of God, the fullness of the Spirit of God in her life. And just, you know, and for, you know, and for whatever reason, you know, and she, sometimes she'd get discouraged, but she wouldn't give up. And I remember, I remember just like it was yesterday. Down there living in Central Florida, we had a place that we went to just about every Sunday after church. Now, we didn't eat out a lot. This was back in the day where, you know, eating out was considered a privilege, you know. And, but on Sundays, we would go more often than not to Morrison's Cafeteria. Some of y'all have heard about that, right? You know, you, I mean, we loved it. I mean, I, I, I loved, to me, when I was a kid, that was like fine dining for us. I mean, we, we thought we were rich. And so we, so we, we go to church. And we go to church. She's, she's down in the altar. She's praying. Every service of the baptism of the Holy Ghost. No, I mean, nothing's, nothing's happening. But she's persistent. She's not giving up. That's some of this particular Sunday morning, I was, I was about five years old. We went to the we went out to Morrison's and got our food, sat down there at the table, and the pastor walked in. Walked right over there to my mom's sister. This is the truth. And said, Sister Dolly, did you get the Holy Ghost today? She said, no, Pastor. I didn't. She goes, but I'm still believing. I'm still trusting God. He reached out and he laid hands on her, Brother Rob. And she fell out on the floor there. And Morrison's cafeteria for about the next 30 to 45 minutes, she was speaking in a heavenly language. 
Them waiters and waitresses that didn't know what to do, all they knew to do is just to step over and go, hey, look, can I get you some more tea? Can I get you some more? What? It's persistence. See, see, what I'm trying to tell you is, is if you've been praying for something, don't give up. Every day, take that need before God. Every day, tell God, God, here I am again. I know you're just. I know you love me. I know that you're, you want to bless me. I know everything. Everything is your. Everything is your in your own timing. But here I am again, Lord, because I ju I just want to talk to you. See, persistent prayer changes circumstances and it brings breakthrough. You see, when we don't stop praying, God doesn't stop moving. Uh, you'll get that here in a minute. When you don't stop praying, God won't stop moving. So you keep on praying, and God's going to keep on moving. Uh, and see, and see, see, things don't change just because of wishful thinking. Things change because men and women pray. You want your family to change? Pray. You want your community to change? Pray. You want your church to change? Pray. You want your nation to change? Pray. And everything, pray. Yeah. And be persistent about it. Yeah. But I want you to understand something. And I'm, I'm, I'm almost done here. Be careful when you pray. Because here's what I found out. The more we pray, the more we change. And sometimes when we go into the presence of God, before God changes anything about our circumstances, God first wants to change you. And we get real, see, we want the money, we want the job promotion, we want the car, you know, we want our kids to be saved and stuff. But when it comes down to, well, I'm going to pray and then God's going to say, hey, hey, Jeremy, wait a second. Yeah, let's, let's talk about you for a moment. Let's talk about you. And sometimes I'm like, God, I don't want to talk about me. I want to talk about this. <laughs> and God says, well, before we can do this, we've got to talk about you. You see, when we pray, we become and we're persistent in prayer, we become aligned with His Word and His will. Yes. See, when we pray according to the Word of God, when we pray according to Scripture, when we pray according to the will of God, then we understand that then we have to be conformed to His Word. We have to be conformed. We have to be conformed we have to be conformed to his, his, his way. See, if prayer is not transforming us, we're not praying. I'm going to say that again. If prayer is actually not transforming us, we're not really praying. We can talk about a lot of stuff. We can run through every prayer line. We can have... The pastor, evangelist, whomever, lay hands on us, anoint us, everything. But if prayer does not transform us, 
we really haven't been praying. Jesus said it like this. He said, in your praying, don't lose heart. Church, whatever it is that you're praying for, whatever it is that you're, you've been asking God for, don't give up on that. Do not give up on that. Keep praying. Keep seeking God. Keep asking God. He says, come boldly unto the throne of grace that you may obtain mercy. See, as a child of God, see, here's, here's something I don't get. I, I don't understand this mentality of when, of coming to God, that we've got to be like, oh God, I'm, I'm here. Don't strike me down, God. You know, I'm, 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 you know, I'm here. No, he said, you're a son and a daughter of the Most High God. So you can walk into his presence boldly. None of my kids have an issue with asking me for anything. I mean, they don't come up to me all shaking on their hands, you know, on their on their knees and you know, and feet and going, can I can I have a happy meal? Like they're like they're scared to death of me. I mean, they just walk in there and, and this, hey, can I get happy meal? Let's go to McDonald's. <laughs> and you know what I do more likely? I go to McDonald's. <laughs> Why? Because I love my kids. See, he said, come boldly. Come boldly before me. And that's what I, that's, that's what I want to tell you. Some of you have been, some of you have been praying a long time for some stuff. You haven't told me that. I, you don't have to tell me that. You know how I know? Because I've been praying a long time for some stuff. But here's what I know. Keep praying. Be persistent. Don't don't give up. Don't don't. It, there's a false notion out there that says, well, if you got to pray more than once, then it's because you don't have faith. Don't listen to that garbage. No. Keep praying. Keep asking God. Remember when he says, ask and you will receive, seek and you'll find, knock and it shall be open. Go home and word study that out. That actually means to ask and keep on asking. Knock and keep on knocking. Seek and keep on Seeking. And he says, because to everyone who asks and keeps on asking, they're going to be the ones that are going to receive. Those that seek and keep on seeking, they're going to find. Those that knock and keep on knocking, to them the door is going to be open. So I don't want any of us in our times of prayer to give up until we receive everything that God has for us. If this widow woman who had an adversary against her didn't give up, we shouldn't give up either. Amen. We need to be people of prayer. Amen. Amen. Stand with me tonight. Amen. 
enjoyed today's message by Evangelist Jeremy Cook. If you would like more information regarding New Season Ministry, to schedule Jeremy to minister at your event, or to support the ministry with a love gift, please contact us at 859-404-4007. Or you may email him at pastorjeremycook at gmail.com. God bless, and we will see you next time on New Season Ministry. Thank you.